Do you want a politically incorrect gateway to a real history education? Then go to mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 149. Are you ready to think locally and act locally? Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Glad to be here. Before we get started, just want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. You can like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And, of course, you can subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. That's also at Brian McClanahan. Also, if you want to help support the Brian McClanahan Show, you can do so at brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, and while you're there, give me an email address, and I will give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook read by yours truly as well. You'll get an email from me once or twice a week, so it's not too much. And also, of course, you can support the Brian McClanahan Show by going to mclanahanacademy.com, where you can sign up for free, but also you can purchase my course on secession or my course on Alexander Hamilton with more courses forthcoming. So, there will be more courses this year, just not right this second, but there will be more. So if you sign up for free, you will get the information when those courses become available, probably with some good discounts. So you want to sign up at mclanahanacademy.com. And, of course, you can also uh, find me at learntruehistory.com, where you can uh, uh, see some courses that I offer on the Constitution, U.S. history, among other things. Uh, of course, um, there's also other great instructors there, Tom Woods, who... Uh, is uh, runs that that uh, website also uh, Kevin Goodsman, uh, Brad Berzer, Robert Murphy, Jason Jewell, a lot of great instructors. So go on out to learn true t r u e history dot com and subscribe there as well. Okay, all of that said, yesterday was President's Day, and so I didn't write anything about President's Day. I didn't do anything with President's Day, and that's because I've already written a whole book on the subject. And in fact, if you go to freehistorycourse.com, you can get a free class that I've taught on the subject, the 10 best and 10 worst presidents. But of course, in honor of President's Day, we have a new presidential rankings out. So right here in my hand, we got this new presidential rankings, you know, starting here. And this is the official results of the 2018 Presidents and Executive Politics Presidential Greatness Survey from Boise State University. And so here is the background for this particular survey. The 2018 Presidents and Executive Politics Presidential Greatness Survey. This sounds like something that uh, only a federal bureaucracy could put forth, but this is actually an academic institution. was conducted online via Qualtrics from December 22, 2017 to January 16, 2018. Respondents were current and recent members of the Presidents and Executive Politics Section of the American Political Science Association, which, according to these numbskulls, is the foremost organization of social science experts in presidential politics. 320 respondents were invited to participate, and 170 usable responses were received, yielding a 53.1% response rate. And they note that. Uh, responses were res where respondent did not confirm they officially agreed to participate were dropped and are not included in the submission figure. Similarly, in the event a respondent completed the survey twice, the second submission was dropped, as was any submission where the respondent did not answer any questions. Incomplete submissions, however, were included, with responses being analyzed for those questions where answers were provided. So, here is another presidential ranking. Now, in my Nine Presidents book, um, I went over some of these rankings and how stupid they really are. Um, and, of course, we're going to get this every time we have President's Day. 
which is a, a ridiculous holiday anyways. It's not even the official name of the holiday, but uh, Richard Nixon thought it sounded pretty good. And that's why we call it President's. It used to be George Washington's birthday. But, you know, you got to put Lincoln and Washington together and, and then all the other presidents, too. I mean, why not celebrate every, every American monarch we've got? But I find these things fun for a variety of reasons. One, because they're ridiculous. Two, because they're always uh, praising the worst while shunning the best. And this one in particular has got some really funny stuff in it. So I'm going to go over that. Uh, I mean, when you look at these things, you think to yourself, how in the heck or why in the heck would we listen to these knuckleheads in the first place? So let's get started. The primary purpose of this survey was to create a ranking of presidential greatness that covered all the presidents from George Washington to Donald Trump. Now, there's a key. Donald Trump's in this. To do this, we first asked respondents to rate each president on a scale of 0 to 100 for their overall greatness, with 0 equaling failure and 50 equaling average and 100 equaling great. We then averaged the ratings for each president and ranked them from highest average to lowest. The results of the ranking are quite similar to the 2014 rankings. Abraham Lincoln again tops the list with a 95.03 average. 95.03. So the people in this list, the, the, the 170 people that responded, generally gave Lincoln a 100 score. If that is not preposterous, I don't know what is. But let, we'll, we'll get into that. And then followed by George Washington, which 95. Uh, Franklin uh, Delano Roosevelt with an 89. Teddy Roosevelt, 81. Thomas Jefferson, 79. Harry Truman, 75. And Dwight Eisenhower, 75 as well. That is the same order as last year. After these first seven places, however, there are significant changes from 2014 because Barack Obama now occupies the eighth slot. How ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, this is just preposterous. Up 10 places from 2014. He is followed by Ronald Reagan, Lyndon Johnson, Woodrow Wilson, and James Madison. Next comes Bill Clinton at 14th, down five places from our previous study, followed by John Adams and Andrew Jackson, who drops six places to 15th. Now, if you've taken my 10 best and 10 worst presidents, you'll realize in that 10 worst, virtually every one of those is in the 10 worst. Lincoln's in the 10 worst. FDR's in the 10 worst. Teddy Roosevelt's in the 10 worst. Harry Truman's in the 10 worst. Uh, of course, Barack Obama's in the 10 worst. Uh, so is Lyndon Johnson. So is Woodrow Wilson. So is Bill Clinton. So is Andrew Jackson. Uh, the, the only ones on there that I rank as good, of course, would be Thomas Jefferson. Now, Washington, I do criticize Washington for the Whiskey Rebellion um, and, of course, his questionable allegiance to... Alexander Hamilton. And then we get to the middle rankings, and this is where it gets a lot of fun, too. The middle third of the ranking is generally stable, though Ulysses S. Grant has climbed 18th. Now, that's an interesting uh, situation because there have been a number of books out that have begun to praise Grant as being this underrated, undervalued Republican president. And these are coming generally from Republican Party hacks. Um, and so the idea is to resuscitate Grant's reputation, to make him better than he actually is. And this is unfortunate because Grant really was bad. I mean, he, he really was not a very good president. Now, in, in some ways, I would take Grant over some of the current knuckleheads we've had in office, but, um, but he, he is bad. 
The bottom third is also largely consistent with our previous survey's ranking, with two exceptions. First, George W. Bush has risen five places, moving to 30th, which is a, a bad ranking. You should be near the bottom. In the second ranking. Second, Donald Trump makes his ranking debut at the very bottom of the list. His average is 12.34. Now, this is absolutely hilarious because these people are saying Donald Trump is the worst president in American history. Now, I'm going to get into why. I, I, I don't think you could even get close to making this claim. Not, not even close. Not yet. This is completely politically driven. It, it just exposes the survey for what it is, a complete bunch of nonsense. So, usually you're going to have James Buchanan at the bottom. In this list, he's next to last. And then you got William Henry Harrison. How can you rate William Henry Harrison as an awful president? The guy was in office for a month. For a month. One month. And yet, he's one of the worst presidents in American history. How do we know that? I mean, Donald Trump. I guess it's because he was only in office for a month. In fact, some people would say that makes Harrison the best president in American history because he died a month into taking office and he couldn't mess anything up. Franklin Pierce, who I describe as a very good president. Also, Andrew Johnson, good president. Warren Harding, pretty good president. Millard Fillmore, not bad. So, see, usually the people at the bottom are generally the best. And why is that? And, of course, that's the main thesis of my book, Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America. They're typically the best because these presidents follow their oath of, of office, meaning they didn't abuse the office of the presidency. In fact, you can say that about Franklin Pierce and Andrew Johnson. Uh, William Henry Harrison certainly didn't abuse the office. Now, you can make a case Donald Trump has. I mean, Trump is just following in the, in the long line of elected kings that we've had generally for the last three decades. Uh, even before that, but I mean, we've really gotten bad in the last three decades. And Warren Harding, I mean, come on. Uh, there is going to be a good book coming out about Warren Harding in the next uh, year or so through Regnery. So I'm hoping that uh, Warren Harding gets a little better due. I'm not writing it, by the way. It's uh, by Ryan Walters. Hopefully it'll be out. We'll see. Now, when they look at these rankings, the other thing they do, which is very interesting, is they ask, ask the... Uh, participants, what is your political affiliation and how do you consider yourself to be? Are you liberal? Are you conservative? And this is, this is interesting because when you look at uh, the rankings, and I'm just going to get through these tables here. They've got the tables with all the rankings, which is just ridiculous. And then you start looking at the rankings based on how they, con how they consider themselves. What are their political leanings? So you look at Washington. The Republicans ranked him number one, and the conservatives ranked him number one. Now the Democrats and the liberals ranked him number three, and the independent moderates ranked him number two. This is quite interesting. Quite interesting indeed, because it looks like some of the conservatives have not bought into Lincoln, though all the conservatives rate Lincoln number two, which is ridiculous. But they still rank Washington higher than Lincoln, and that's because they still have this conception of a the symbol of America being George Washington and not necessarily Abraham Lincoln. But I'm going to get to one thing they said about Abraham Lincoln, which is just so darn hilarious compared to Donald Trump. I mean, it, it, it just blows my mind they could say this. 
Okay, so you've got that, and then you look at some of these other people. You know, Jefferson, who I consider a great president, at least first term. Second term, not so much. First term, really good. Uh, but you go down, Martin Van Buren, here's one that I think is a very good president. And Martin Van Buren, uh, Republicans ranked him 33rd, Democrats 27th. It's like they don't even know who Martin Van Buren is, and I, I would say that's completely true. Same thing with John Tyler. I would highly, I, I would bet, I would bet that the people ranking these presidents most of them have never even read anything John Tyler wrote or said or did. They've never read a biography of John Tyler. They've never done anything like that. They have, uh, they've just sat there and read you know, banal presidential histories. They've read uh, uh, some books on Lincoln. They've read some books on, on Washington. Uh, they, they've done some, some quote-unquote research on the executive branch, and, and uh, they've read the Federalist essays, and they, they think themselves, you know, great <clears throat> constitutional scholars, and they think of themselves as uh, lofty academics who really understand uh, the, uh, the office of the presidency and what it's designed to do. Well, if they did, they wouldn't be ranking these knuckleheads this high. It's the knuckleheads ranking knuckleheads. Uh, and if you look down the list, I mean, this is this is par for the course. Generally, I mean, get to uh, Obama, for example. The the Republicans ranked him 16th, and the Conservatives 22nd. Still, that's too high. Obama needs to be near the bottom, and the, of course, the Democrats, you know, six. This guy is the sixth best pre best president according to Democrats. Sixth best best in American history. I mean, give me an, a break. The sixth, the guy that has now been exposed as being a complete ideological partisan hack in the executive branch, abusing power left and right. I mean, we could just go through the laundry list of things that Obama did in office. And this is not giving people like George W. Bush a pass either, because he did the exact same things to, to a degree, uh, particularly when it came to abusing power. But this is ridiculous. Okay. Now, uh, you get to the uh, average rankings, you know, and you have... Uh, uh, Washington, you, you look at the, the Democrats didn't rate Washington as high as the Republicans did. Uh, the Democrats actually ranked John Adams higher than the Republicans, which is, I think, quite interesting because if you look at Russell Kirks, it just goes to show you how far Republicans are not really conservatives anymore. I mean, they never really were, but uh, there isn't I mean, conservative. It has no meaning. Republican has no meaning. And these, these things are particularly conservative. Because if you look at, say, Russell Kirk's conservative mind, he thought John Adams was the quintessential conservative. So if you're really a conservative in the Russell Kirk mode, you would put John Adams near the top. Now, I don't think so. But John Adams would have to be near the top. But here's conservatives ranking him 60 with 61. Now, John Adams, to me, was pretty awful, particularly when it came to the sedition, alien and sedition acts. But um, again, I would take him over Barack Obama, who... The, the, the Obama, 78, 78 for the Democrats. Uh, and then those that were liberal, 78. Ridiculous. Uh, looking down at some of the other people on the list uh, that I found the, the numbers to be rather odd. Of course, Martin Van Buren, as I said, 40. This is just because, well, I don't know anything about Van Buren. Let's just throw him in the middle. Don't know anything about John Tyler. Let's throw him in the middle. William Henry Harrison. Again, I don't know much about Harrison. Polk. Polk uh, is an interesting case. Of course, I've already done a podcast on Polk. On Polk. Polk. President Polk might be better. Polk. Um, and 
Polk is uh, way overrated, particularly when you look at defending his oath of office. Here's a guy that uh, started a war to acquire California. Pierce, conservatives, uh, 21, 21 for conservatives. They don't know anything about this guy. The only thing to look at is say, well, you know, Pierce was president during the 1850s, and that uh, he didn't do anything to stop the sectional conflict, and golly, you know, he was just too beholden to the South. That guy, didn't. he didn't do anything. He'd do nothing president. We need guys that are going to go in there and really show people what they're going to do. That's what we need. Of course, um, this is what they said they wanted Trump to do, and now they don't like him for that. Uh, James Buchanan, who has some redeeming qualities. He's, he shouldn't be 13 and 14, in my estimation. Uh, Andrew Johnson. Again, this is, this is quite remarkable. Um, liberals actually rank him higher than conservatives. Probably because he has a D behind his name. They just, again, these people are just so stupid, they don't even know anything. They don't even know why they're given these rankings. It's because it's what they told. They've been told this their entire life. Andrew Johnson's a bad president. Well, I'm going to put my rankings down. Oh, guess what? Andrew Johnson's a bad president. Oh, I'm going to put my rankings down here. Let's see. Who's the worst? Oh, yeah. Uh, James Buchanan. Oh, no. Wait a second here. We got Donald J. Trump. Let's put him down at the bottom because we know he's terrible. Um, and, and then, of course, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Liberals. 71 points for liberals. Uh, I wonder if these liberals are aware... Now, of course, Wilson was a progressive, but I wonder if these liberals are aware of Wilson's views on race. I wonder if they're aware of that. Republicans, of course, rated him 61, which, you know, conservatives, 55. 55 for conservatives. Um, and that's, of course, because of Wilson's new freedom which is a very bad legislative agenda, of course, dragging the United States into World War I, but I'm sure conservatives are fine with that. Liberals, 671. This is really interesting with, with Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Warren Harding, of course, very low. Uh, Calvin Coolidge. There's a huge difference there between conservatives and liberals, 61 to 35. And again, that comes from liberals not really knowing anything, just, well, Hillary Clinton said Calvin Coolidge was bad, 1920s, yeah, we could some bad wealth distribution, all those terrible things. We got to rank Calvin Coolidge really low. Calvin Coolidge. Herbert Hoover, here's a guy that really should be ranked low. Again, the split is interesting. Conservatives 41, liberals 29. FDR. Uh, conservatives 78, liberals 93. Conservatives too high, should be about zero. Uh, Truman. Here's another one. Interesting how, how he's pretty stable across the board because, again, this is the people that have this view of the presidency as being uh, the buck stops here, Harry Truman kind of nonsense, and that we're going to have a strong executive who's going to do anything the executive wants to do. And, of course, Harry Truman getting involved in the Cold War and other things, war in Korea. And, uh, he did have his uh, fair deal, which, of course, was all unconstitutional nonsense. I take apart Harry Truman in my Nine Presidents book. I mean, if you haven't gotten that book yet, you really need to get it. It's it's really good, so you should get it. You can get it for 11 bucks right now on Amazon. It's just a, quite a steal. Hardback, too. Uh, let's see. Kennedy, again, too high. Uh, you know, 49 for conservatives, 66 for liberals. LBJ. Now, I'm going to do a whole podcast on LBJ because there was an article. There's a new book coming out about LBJ written by a little twit. 
um, who uh, is, I can't remember his credentials, but I think he's a political science PhD, uh, who's talking about how important the great society is. And, and again, I think you're going to see LBJ continue to creep up because of stupid books like that. Whereas what they really need to do is read why LBJ screwed up America. Uh, Nixon, of course, justifiably is low. for Not for the reasons that they put it in here, but because he was a bad president. Uh, Gerald Ford, again, you know, vanilla. Uh, Carter's an interesting one. Uh, even the liberals rank Carter low, and that's a surprise, a little shocking to me. And I think that's just kind of groupthink. Most of the time, these rankings are groupthink. Well, I don't want to be seen. It's, of course, it's all anonymous, but still, I, 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 you can't think, you can't say Carter's a good president. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can't say that. Uh, Reagan, uh, 79 for conservatives, 64 for liberals. Interesting. Again, kind of a groupthink mentality there. Uh, Bill Clinton, 59 to 65. George W. Bush, 52 to 35. But here's where, you know, here Trump, 25 for conservatives, but only seven for liberals. If you don't think this thing is politically motivated, these people are so stupid they can't get out of their own way. They're ranking it based on the fact they just don't like Donald Trump. Now, here's the funny, there are some really funny parts of this. All that is just stupidity, right? These rankings are just stupid. But then you get to some of the funny parts. Uh, the next question was, who should be the next president on Mount Rushmore? Now, here's where it gets really funny. And here's how it shows how stupid these people actually are. Do you realize that two people in this survey said that Abraham Lincoln should be the next president on Mount Rushmore? Also, two people said that about Theodore Roosevelt, and one person said that about George Washington. Now... If you don't know why that's not stupid, or why that is stupid, those presidents are already on Mount Rushmore. So here are, maybe they're the same, maybe they're two stupid, same stupid people. But here are at least two knuckleheads for each one, and one knucklehead for another one. It doesn't even know who's on Mount Rushmore. But the funny thing was about this, that they thought FDR should be the next president on Mount Rushmore. Now that fits, if you're looking at this national greatness stupidity where the president's an elected king. Now, of course, you need to split Mount Rushmore between Washington and Jefferson and Roosevelt and Lincoln. I mean, that would be the wise thing to do. And then, and then it's Barack Obama. The most, frankly, it, it, the most corrupt man, when you start, the, as we peel off the layers like an onion, the stinky onion of Obama's administration, as you peel back those layers, you find that Obama was extremely corrupt. His entire administration was, from top to bottom. I mean, so was Clinton's administration. But, I mean, just the, the little tarmac meeting shows you how corrupt his Justice Department was, how corrupt the FBI was, and other things during the Obama administration. I mean, this is, this is awful stuff, okay? She should be on Mount Rushmore, but then... The stupid people that think that George Washington is not even... The one stupid person that thinks that George Washington is not on the... I mean, these are people that are in the most prestigious, as they say. <clears throat> the foremost organization of social science experts in presidential politics. I guess they're not really that smart. <laughs> if that's the foremost organization, we're really doomed. As they say, mamas don't let your babies go to college. And then you've got this funny part. The most polarizing presidents, ladies and gentlemen, the most polarizing presidents and these esteemed <coughs> scholars ranked 
Donald Trump as by far the most polarizing of the ranked presidents, earning a 1.6 average. One is the most polarizing ranking. Now, they were actually on to something with number two. Lincoln was the second most polarizing president of those ranked here in a 2.5 ranking. And then followed by Polk as the second most polarizing president, 2.6. Now, uh, and Trump was ranked most polarizing by 95 respondents and second most polarizing by 20 respondents. For comparison, Lincoln, the second most polarizing president on average, received 20 most polarizing rankings and 15 second most polarizing. Now, this is these knuckleheads, these morons, are ranking Donald Trump more polarizing than Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln received less than 40% of the popular vote in 1860. Less than 40%. Not only that, he was president during a war between the states. He, was, he presided over a war of the sections. And yet somehow, Donald Trump is more polarizing than Abraham Lincoln. These people couldn't even hit a lake if they fell out of a boat is how stupid they are I, I I swear I mean this this is this is the state of, of the academy today stupidity uh, President Obama has a 3.26 ranking falling a few points in terms of most polarizing George W Bush 3.28 and these this is just all oh, uh, well I don't know uh, hell I'm I got, uh, I mean, this is, uh, well, I'll think about this for a second. Let's see. And you know, what I can remember, oh, uh, you know, it's hotter today than it was 10 years ago, I think. I don't know. It just seems hot. Tell me not global warming's not happening because it's hot. Well, you know, Obama, people didn't like him, so he's pretty polarizing. So I'll, I'll put him up there. Trump, yeah, we got people on TV saying he's terrible, so he's polarizing. Because uh, we got some women running around out there and stupid looking hats and Got students on TV talking about things, and they're going to, they count. I'll do a podcast on that, too. But, uh, come on, now, polarizing, really. Uh, you want to look at polarizing uh, and, and how people were perceived at the time. Uh, I don't, I mean, you go back in history, you find some polarizing presidents other than Donald Trump. I mean, in fact, I think you could say that John Adams was pretty darn polarizing. Uh, but, of course, these knuckleheads don't, I guess, don't know anything about that. But uh, you look at the 1800 election, it was really nasty. Very polarizing. Uh, you go back to some of these other elections. You know, uh, Andrew Jackson and John Quincy Adams, pretty polarizing guys. John Quincy Adams, certainly. But they, uh, uh, you know, they have Washington not polarizing. I, I I would agree with that. Washington wasn't polarizing. He's the glue that held everything together, even though some people did criticize Washington. Garfield, Eisenhower. Eisenhower was very popular. Kennedy, Ford. Uh, and you, if you just if you want to say polarizing, look at electoral college victories. I'm, and um, so you could say that Franklin Roosevelt wasn't polarizing, uh, just simply by his electoral college victories. Um, if you want to use that as a as a uh, symbol or the landslide victories. But if you want, I mean, look, Herbert Hoover was pretty polarizing in 1932. 
So these these things are are, are ridiculous. Uh, you know, Samuel Tilden and the Rutherby Hayes election, 1876, pretty polarizing. Almost went to war again. It's pretty polarizing. Hayes was a pretty polarizing candidate. Pretty polarizing president. People didn't like him. Uh, so I mean, this is again. They have the list here. Donald Trump. He was identified 138 times as polarizing. Andrew Jackson. Uh, 81 times as polarizing. Uh, George W. Bush, 74. Obama, 72. Nixon, 55. All those people finished ahead of Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Ridiculous. Uh, Zachary Taylor got a vote for being polarizing. That's a a funny one. Uh, Zachary Taylor, uh, I guess if you look at the fact that the election was... Uh, you know, some well, I mean, really wasn't even that close. I mean, Zachary Taylor's a war hero. That that's a funny one, very polarizing. Uh, Grover Cleveland polarizing. Hmm? Uh, the, the, some of these are pretty pretty interesting. Um, Thomas Jefferson polarizing. Bill Clinton certainly polarizing. But you look at the top list, and it's generally people in the last say half century that are in that group, other than Jackson and uh, Lincoln and Johnson. You know, Johnson was seen as polarizing. So this, this is, these rankings are just silly. They're silly as they are stupid because uh, I, I think that it shows that the people that are so-called esteemed presidential scholars aren't really that scholarly and don't really know anything. Uh, but this is what passes for real scholarship. And then, of course, grading Trump's first year. Now, here we go. Last but not least, and I'll do this very quickly because I don't want to. I don't want to drag this podcast on for forty minutes. But uh, grading Trump's first year in office overall, one hundred and fifty-five responses. His overall grade is an F. Now, his legislative accomplishments D. Now, it didn't matter. Everyone gave him a D or an F on that. Now, I, I could, if you just want to look at what Trump said he was going to do, I can quibble with his foreign policy leadership because he said he was going to be a much more non-interventionist than he is. But in terms of policy accomplishments, we've seen. Uh, now, this was before, of course, the tax cuts were passed. Uh, but in terms of G- deregulation, uh, supreme uh, federal judges, things of that nature, yeah, I mean, I think Trump has quietly put together an agenda, his legislative agenda. Now, I would say the president's not chief legislator, so I would give him an F just for even having a legislative agenda. But in terms of what these people are going to rank it on, uh, you know, this is... This is where you would get into that. Now, embodying institutional norms. What the heck does that mean? I mean, he's not walking around like an elected king. He's not, uh, you know, following the the prescribed norms for Washington D.C. of acting like some, you know, pompous jerk in the executive office, thinking he's above everyone else. And I mean, because he's president, he's important because he's president. No, I mean that's that's actually great. I would give him. Uh, actually, I would give him an A for not following institutional norms, and then communicating with the public. This is a guy that's a Twitter fiend. He communicates with the public all the time. So I would give him a good grade on that one. He's always communicating with the public. They just don't like it from what he says. So I mean, these are, these are bad rankings from a bad bunch of scholars who probably have written bad scholarly articles and bad scholarly books, and then therefore produce bad material. But again, par for the course, if you want a real look at the presidency, then 
uh, I would get my go to freehistorycourse.com, get my class on the 10 best and 10 worst presidents. It's free. You can also get my, uh, you know, can go to uh, learntruehistory.com and the Constitution there. And then, of course, you can get the McClanahan Academy where I bash Alexander Hamilton. And, uh, and then, of course, Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America. That's the book that will expose all these knuckleheads for what they are. So that said, hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'll see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. <laughs>